Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rulerist Podcast. Do you like the musical intro there? Yeah, mate, I didn't know that you were going to let on that you were the guy who does those uh, Go Compare adverts. <laughs> you know the amount of fucking wankers it used to say that to me, like, especially, <laughs> like, yeah, it was one of those fucking things as well, like, sort of always twats people that, like, are half new from secondary school as well, would be on Facebook, like, both of you and those adverts, mate, and stuff. To but, be fair, that bloke's probably uh, made a lifetime's worth of money doing them fucking things. Yeah, he hasn't he? Go compare. Um, you could have done that. I know, I really could have done. Um, <laughs> it's quite annoying, really, isn't it? Right. Mm. I feel that him or, you know, James Corden is living the life I should have been living, really. Uh, no, James Corden, he's not got enough of an edge to him to have been you. I think you're slightly more of a riskier comedian than what Corden is. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. He was a good actor, though, in his day. Um, James Corden, he's, I think he's probably trained. History boys. Yeah, all that. Like, Are you on about lesbian vampire killers? Adam B. <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> classy movie in my book. Oh, fuck, does that mean that I'm... Uh, am I the horn to your Corden? Well, he's all right, though, horn, I think, isn't he? Yeah, but he's faded into obscurity now, and he? He's a Tottenham fan, I know that much, which is all right, but I think he doesn't do much other than that anymore. He might have a renaissance, you know, you can see him popping up in like, you know, in like one of these kind of things, something like The Missing or a Taggart or something like that as as the killer. And people are like, oh, Matthew Horn's really turned it all around. Is this going to be the start of a new career for him? And it won't be, you know, but at least he'll have, he'll have done something a bit edgier. Yeah. Um, this is a random note to start on, isn't it? Yeah, but thinking about that weird period where those two were together as a double act, nobody would have thought that Corden was the one who'd go on to be the massive star because it was always Horn that got pushed to the front. Yeah, I, yeah. and it, I think I think there's some actual like beef there. I can't remember some. Oh, have they fallen out? I believe so. Yeah, um, I'll need to look into this again. You know, because it's an important matter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I seem to recall somebody actually like saying, "Yeah, there there was some kind of corn had uh, corn, corn had some." Uh, That's their tabloid name. Salty, it should be rich, isn't it? Um, some sort of salty remarks about what corn was up to. Now I think then they asked, like, you know, what's it? How is he getting on? It'd be like, oh, it'd be nice to know. That you go know, I mean something. I don't know. Whatever, he gives a shit. Um, but yeah, James James Corden, um, he's he's huge though, you know, like not physically, well physically, but he's. Well, the Americans seem to love him. 
Yeah, but they love Piers Morgan as well, didn't they? So they, you know, no account for taste. Sorry to dig you out, as per usual, Americans, but please, you know. John, I can take him liking John Oliver. He seems right, but nobody really knows him over here. He right. sort of even jokes about that himself, doesn't he? When yeah. uh, <laughs> when he says, when Americans ask me, you know, oh, you know, what do people normally say to you when you go back home? And they'll say, who are you? You know, which is uh, yeah. kind of true, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird, though, because... Um... I like the occasional segment on his show, but there are times where he seems as if he's trying a bit hard. Yeah, like, yeah. There are some the times drum, where he... The whole drunk thing was a bit... Yeah, well he, well, he does something, and I can clearly see and imagine in my head the moment in the writer's room that somebody went to the whiteboard and went, it's time that we wrote a viral rant. Like, yeah, we need yeah, to make yeah, it 10 yeah. minutes so it can go on Facebook. Um, and when you can see through it as clearly as that, um, I'm not too impressed by it. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know, and he's just, he just doesn't seem very comfortable in his own skin, does he? He's, he's, he's sort of like um, that bloke who stands outside of Westminster and does his YouTube thing, but with oh, production values. Jonathan Pye. That's the one. Uh, I, think he's a bit, I think he's a bit smarter than Jonathan Pye. I'll give him that. I'll give well, Jonathan yeah, but it's, I think it, it comes from a similar area of them having found one niche thing uh, and then doing it. Anyway. But anyway, let's get back to our... Uh, Tottenham slash television podcast yeah, that we've done. We've, done well, we've, we've done our TV bit. First, yeah. But, um, yeah. Talking to people who don't know when to give up. <laughs> Tottenham Hotspurs transfer window. Let's mm. start on, I mean, is there really any point to Matt Ganzaniga? I mean, he... He's yeah. a very handsome man, but he's even he doesn't have that title anymore. I thought when we saw him come in and his press shots, I thought there's one for the calendar. Uh, but then, you know, Fernando Llorente comes in and suddenly it looks like an absolute scrub compared. I wanted to save him for dessert, though. Llorente, mm. I wanted to get through everyone else. So, I mean, Sanchez, there's very little we really know about him except for, you know, he's got a big reputation. He fucking flattened Danny Alves. And <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that clip up. It was hilarious. I quite like to see that a few times this season. It's incredible, isn't it? Especially because I, I still remember Danny Alves from... He's an absolute little bastard to us when he played for Sevilla in the, uh, I think it's quarters or semi-finals of the UEFA Cup, I believe, at that point still. Mm. Um, We got there, that was the first time we got uh, got through because we got that weird bye, didn't we? Because we drew Feyenoord and got a bye through one of the rounds. We did, didn't we? Because of their hooligan issues and Mm. such. Yeah, that was was interesting, actually. we were all right then as well. That was a, a good campaign. That we weren't. We were quite ov- average, but it, it was a. That was one of the most fun times to be a Tottenham fan because it was a whole new world being back in Europe. Yeah, big time. Chocolate and gold kit. Berbatov and Keane. Martin Yol at his best. Keane scored, I think, within like six minutes away at Sevilla, didn't they? And then they yeah. just came back and battered us. I think they got a dodgy pen. Robbo went down to try and push your ball away and clearly got a hand on it and the ref gave him a pen that should never have been. And It's annoying now. I thought we were going to do it that year. Yeah, and then I think that was the game as well where Steed Baumbronk did one of the worst clearances off his own line I think I've ever seen from a professional footballer. He like, kicked it onto his like standing leg, didn't he? And scored yeah, and then it bobbled in about uh-huh. a second into the game. and I think we ended up winning that game, didn't we? But Aaron Lennon scored. We won like... 2-1 or did we draw 2-2 or something? I, I still think we lost, didn't we? No, no, we lost the tie, but I think we didn't lose the second leg. 
I, yeah, mate. Well, I don't know. No, no, because that was the first leg. The second leg was at White Hart Lane, where they. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We we de- definitely there was some sort of half comeback thing in that in that um, game because I, I think it was the same. Maybe it was the season after, or one of the seasons after Middlesbrough went on their campaign to the final. Um, which was built on these improbable comebacks in second legs and second halves and whatnot. And we'd scored like two goals in two minutes or something like that. Or, you know, Aaron Lennon definitely scored a goal that meant that we didn't lose a second leg. We... No, we didn't. The, but the second leg was at White Hart Lane. They beat us 2-1 yeah, yeah, yeah. two two one one in the first... Yeah, 2-1 two and then 2-2 two two at home. Yeah. Got there eventually. Yeah. Anyway, current Tottenham. Current Tottenham. So, Davison Sanchez, yeah, he carries a big reputation. I mean, Pochettino says that, he, you know, it's not having one eye on the careers or the, you know, the potentially disappearing career of um, Older Wireld or Vertonghen. Um, but, you know, he also said that Carl Walker-Peters wasn't going to play in the opening fixture. So... Yeah. So, yeah, he's not going to communicate the fact, yeah, we are actually having trouble tying down all the way around to a new contract, so we've bought a potential replacement. Mm. Um, but either way, we we sort of look to the future, haven't we? As you can see with Juan Foyth as well, who is supposed to be highly rated, it's similar to the Tongan, um, those sort of lung-busting runs from the back. Um Tom doesn't do that as much anymore. I think he sort of got caught out a few times. He's, he's probably just a bit older, isn't he? A bit more. Scored a screamer for Belgium in midweek. He did, didn't he? <laughs> did you see, the sort of there was a bit of a joke about the Dembele assist. Um, he just sort of teed it off a little bit and right. then and smacked it in. But um, yeah, so we've got Foyth Sanchez. It's Mr. Serge Aurier. Um, I mean, we. enough about him. Yeah, we've spoken about the issues and stuff. Um, his statement, uh, Spurs, just quickly on that, Spurs LGBT statement was pretty strong. Um, fun. Very fair, I thought. Yeah, very fair but fair. Warm-hearted as well. I think it takes very strong, um, open uh, individuals to, to be able to do something like that. It's, it's funny as well, cause as, as I said uh, on the Twitters in the week, you know, a lot of people had already been going on and really laying into Spurs LGBT with quite a lot of vitriol before they'd even actually commented on the transfer at all. A lot of words have been attributed, a lot of words and thoughts have been attributed to to the proud Lily Whites before they'd actually even said anything on the matter at all. Um, which, you know, if you were not to not to judge anybody or anything like that, but if you were somebody that did that if you tweeted any abuse to them before they even said anything you might want to ask yourself why you did that um because therein lies part of what this whole issue is but let's not let's not go into that too much um but he's a he's supposed to be you know whatever on pitch a very 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 ample replacement if not upgrade on Kyle walker for half the price um given this silly season transfer window it's pretty insane to have a player of his supposed calibre in for the amount of money we paid for him when you consider how much, you know, 50 mil for Gilfie Sigurdsson and yeah, that kind of thing. Um, but let's go on to 
that's pretty much it, isn't it? Aside from Mr. Fernando Llorente. Um, yeah, start playing some slap bass now under the edit. Oh, mate. Right, do you go Because you wrote a piece about Fernando Llorente that you bumped um, years ago, as we did. But what 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 were your thoughts then, and how much have they changed now, or have they changed at all? Essentially, similar. He's just two years older. Um, he, he's sort of in that period of his career now, um, where being the second choice and sort of filling in, playing late games, but being allowed to play at the highest level is sort of where he should be. Um, obviously, at a club like Swansea, he'll obviously be their first choice because, I mean, no disrespect to him, he's far better than that level. You know, he shouldn't be having to scrap to keep a team in the Premier League. Um, but he's ideal for what we need. He's proven quality. He's proven quality in the Premier League now, which isn't necessarily as as important as as just being a good footballer is. Um, he's, he's a track record of winning things and being at clubs that win things. So there's no fear of him passing that on. I think it's a good thing for Harry Kane that he knows that there's a player of adequate quality there so if he's in a bad stretch of form there's there's not a huge fear but there will be some element of fear that there's somebody capable of taking his place from him and that was never the case with Janssen as, as hard as he tried and you know as much as he did he was never of that level um so it's 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 just a smart transfer I mean especially with the fact that it's what's it 13 million 12 million that we've spent essentially right off until retirement we won't see much of that back but it's nice to see that Spurs aren't painting themselves into a corner with just one area of transfers to concern themselves in with sort of the Sanchez and the Foyth and and the the young promising players with a high upside is one thing but if you need to you know paper a crack in the wall right that very second you can't do that with sort of good intentions you need to be able to get something to do the job right away and he fulfills a large gap in the squad and brings that, extra quality in straight away that's it i mean on on that point i saw a few people comment on oh this isn't a very pochettino signing this isn't a very you know tottenham signing this isn't really a signing that they've been making over the past few years in in the project and I kind of I, I I understand that to a degree, but I think stuff like that also works on this understanding, and it's a false understanding um, or a false opinion at least um, that football remains static. That Mauricio Pochettino's philosophy or mindset is in a state of decay from this point forward, as opposed to the fact he's a young manager who is constantly learning himself and constantly shaping his own methods, his own approach to things. And I think it, it, it's pretty short-sighted to think that somebody as smart and as meticulous as Pochettino won't have looked back over the past couple of years and thought, you know what, maybe if we did have just a couple of experienced heads amongst this, lads, we could have pushed on maybe and taken something, you know, maybe he's looked back at, what Leicester had with Cambiasso or something like that to kind of or the start of last season when Kane got injured and we played games with Janssen up front there's nothing wrong with Vincent Janssen being at the club given his age but you know we could have um we could have done with Juventus just to come in and know exactly. that 
he was going to be assured of himself. He's he going to be if we get t- himself or anything. We get twelve Premier League goals out of him. It's fine. You know, it it works for me. It's I just think it's yeah, I'm, he, I'm so scores, happy of it as a signing. If he scores those goals in games that Harry Kane isn't either playing well in or available for, then we're in a far stronger position than we've been in previously. And I think it's it's important not to it's important to have a clear identity with transfers because we've we've seen Tottenham in the past lacking that and what a shit show that can be. But on the opposite side, you don't want to have something that restrains you either. And you need to be able to recognise good opportunities when they come up and, and do other things away from that um, that are going to strengthen the squad equally as bringing in a, a good young player. So it's it's one that I back in a, a footballing sense wholeheartedly in an aesthetic sense yeah. has made me question lifestyle choices that I didn't think I would need to be questioned he's a, a knee-shakingly handsome man um, it's, it's actually quite ridiculous isn't it yeah um, genuinely there, there are a few men that look that handsome he's just a he's one of those people where you can appreciate just how handsome he is. I know it sounds ridiculous, though. It's something you discuss, but it's the first thing you notice when you look at him. I mean, he's, uh, that that picture of him holding up a Tottenham shirt with his, you know, chiselled grin and, you know, his eyes popping and whatnot. I mean, he's got like a, a bad beard. If that beard was on 90% of men, it would look terrible. But he somehow makes that dishevelled look look attractive. He is, um, yeah. I am. I'm very taken by him. I don't. I don't mind uh, the prospect of getting to watch him play football. With Vincent Janssen, uh, I mean, we've seen that he's been left out of the Champions League squad. Yeah. I mean, is that is that curtains for him at Spurs? Do you reckon? I don't think so. I mean, um, it was interesting that the one of the late deals on transfer deadline day was his proposed move to Brighton. And while it still seemed like it may have been a loan, I was all for it because I thought, that's perfect. He'll go in there yeah. and he'll have some seniority in that squad in terms of who plays up front because he'll clearly be better and and of a higher pedigree than what they already have. And I'd have concerns over how how well they will create for him. But underneath that, you know, getting minutes under his belt and and being a premier league footballer consistently is is the best thing we could hope for him um but when it came to permanent i was i was a little bit um i was a little bit miffed by it because i thought it, it seemed a bit early to give up on him given his age and given how well he plays for the netherlands as well um it's 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 something different. There's, there's clearly a player there. I know he's awful for Tottenham, and I know we've done this dance before with yeah. Soldado and whatnot. But I just don't want him to be tarred by other people's brushes and to be left off, you know, too soon. Because I can see him being one of those players that goes elsewhere and does really well. And I think you know we've seen that Pochettino's um, another area in which he's perhaps changes philosophy a little is allowing players to go out on loan. Josh Onimer's head and shoulders, Aston Villa's best player this season, by the way. Um, it's one of those things where I could have, 
and I would have quite liked him to see to see him go out on loan. It was a strange situation. I'm not sure whether or not they picked up on this or, you know, the club picked up on this or not, but the reason he couldn't go on loan there is because they already had two players on loan. They had Izzy Brown and they had Tim Krul, who they'd already brought in, and there was some confusion over whether or not Izzy Brown counted because he was an under-21 and he's a young English player, so maybe there was some dispensation where his age was concerned and whether or not that counted, and it ended up that it did and that you'd have to bring in somebody permanently because you can't have more than two from other Premier League clubs or what have you. Um, so it, it was a strange situation. It was almost like Brighton had had a punt and Spurs went, yeah, fine. And then everyone, as they came to work out the details, they realised that it was going to be something that they didn't expect it to be. Um, but there was, uh, from what I've heard, a fair chunk of change on the table from Brighton for him um, that the club were going to take. Um but he's one of those where I'd like to just see him go out if we can find a, a team that's struggling for forwards that, that is going to take someone on loan, then I'd I'd send him there tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? I mean, we we don't know really, do we? Play it by ear. Um, I, I, I'd happily see him stay for a bit, but at the same well, time... You, you see what consistency does for players. I mean, Ben Davies is a perfect example. He's he's not suddenly turned into Cafu overnight or, you know, no, no. Carlos. But because he's had a, a decent run in the side and he's backing himself a little bit more and going forwards and, and actually making an attacking nuisance of himself and looks a bit more assured of himself defensively as well, he's clearly... Um, more sure of himself in the group as well. If you sort of see interviews with him and whatnot and see him alongside other members of the team, he's actually holding himself as a member of the first team squad in a way that he hadn't done previously. He did look as if he was happy to, to, you know, hide behind other players before because he just didn't have that standing in the squad. But that confidence has worked wonders for him this year. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's he's not looked out of place in the manner he had done previously. And the biggest reason for that is just confidence and minutes. And that's just something we can't afford to give Jansen right now because we have the best striker in the Premier League playing in a system where only one forward can play at once. And he's just not going to be able to to get what he needs in that sort of situation. So there is a part of me that feels sorry for him at the same time as knowing that there's a certain onus on him to perform at the same time. Yeah, I think that's that's my concern really is that he's never, he's never really going to have the luxury of getting that run, as you say, because I, I don't dispute the effect that could have on his, on his career. Um, but he does need to take those chances more. I mean, there were, there were just a... Even a few, a few games when he played quite well, like I think Watford at home last year, and he just missed an absolute sitter, you know? Well, they had this... some moments as well. I mean, that, that Swansea away game we wouldn't have won had he not been on the field and stuff. No. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Let's let's see. Uh, I mean, if, if I'm brutally honest, if we got a chance to recoup or make a bit of dosh on what we've I think we're going to profit out from, him. From, from what I've heard about this. Oh, we made deal. a fucking massive profit on women, didn't we? I think we doubled the price we initially laid out for him, didn't we? Yeah, but even um, even with um, with Janssen, I think Brighton were going to offer us more than we paid for him. Fair enough. Um, well, case case uh, continues on that front. Um, was, there, was there any... 
disappointment on your side at all? Because a lot was made about Spurs maybe needing, as we see at Liverpool, with their like abundance of pacey wide men that can score goals. Salah, Pane, yeah. Um, we were potentially looking at Mares on the on the last day, and but not him in particular. Um, but would you have liked to have seen a player of that ilk come in during the window? No. Like Damari Gray, for example. Uh, I'd have preferred Gray over Mares. I don't know why I don't like Mares. It's just the reason that he. There's something about his game that I'm. I'm not taken with. And he, uh, don't get me wrong, he's a fantastic footballer. What he does, he does very well. I just can't see that being something that fits into what Tottenham do because it seems a very individualistic manner of playing the ball. Now, I'm not saying he wouldn't be willing to change, just you know, judging a book by the cover. And if you were to ask me, oh, would you rather this or that, which is all we can really do, I'd always go for that rather than this, to be honest, where, where he's tossed up. I like the link to Andre Gomez because he's not become a bad, season, bad player in one season at Barcelona. It sounds as if that deal was on the table and for one reason or other, I think it was because... Barcelona weren't going to get Coutinho in because Liverpool had asked too much money for him. Um, that that one had the plug pulled on it, but it, it's that's the sort of sign I liked the the idea of because there are only a certain amount of players that are going to be able to play at the very highest tier in football and especially European club football because there aren't that many very top tier sides. You can probably count them on one hand, but their scraps aren't necessarily bad players. I know it sounds as if, yeah. you know, you're like a tin pot thing to do to feed off the scraps of bigger clubs. Mm. But one man's trash is another man's treasure. The reason why Arsenal have got Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez and they're, on paper, their two best players is because bigger clubs didn't need them anymore. And there's no shame in whatsoever in looking to pick those types of talent up because Rafa van der Vaart. Exactly, was. that's that's what I was going to say. It's it's not been something we've been too proud of previously, and it worked out tremendously for us. So we need to. I think I thought that was a very savvy link. I, the deal that was floated, I quite like the sound of as well. The season on loan, and then forty million pound transfer triggered by appearance fees. Club aren't scared of spending that amount of money clearly given the amount we're spending on Sanchez um, so you know I'd, I'd attack in it but it's just one of those that apparently didn't come off because it was one of those where I imagine Barcelona got in touch or you know word went out from Gomez's agent that you know if, if the chips fall in a certain manner he's available um, and Spurs bit but um, it just didn't happen but I'm Given where our window was at the start and where it is now, um, I'm reasonably happy with it. I think Urent has a lot to do with it, just because he's um, he's the sort of player we've we've needed and wanted for a long time, and it's good to see that addressed. And you can't really be too disappointed with promising young talent either, because you know Tottenham haven't done too badly with bringing that in bar probably what Zeki Friars with yeah. our record with bringing in, you know, talented young players have been fantastic. It's a shame we couldn't get Jordan Sancho from Manchester city, but the fact that he's gone to Dortmund and they've given him their number seven shirt off the bat shows you how good he was. And the reason why city were keen to get him out of the country. Yeah. It's uh it's an interesting one that it's good. Cause it, there's a, 
quite a few young English players going over to the Bundesliga at the moment. I think Reese Oxford's gone out there as well. Um, yeah, can you blame him getting as far away as he can from what I believe uh, have been called the Dildo Brothers today? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pursuing legal action over that, aren't they? It's a bit salty, isn't it? Are they? Are they? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Let's uh, take it in good humour. Um, I guess f- finally on transfer window as well, Ross Barkley allegedly turning down Chelsea. You'd, you'd, I know it's decent. Uh, you'd imagine um, we'll get him in January, wouldn't you? I'm, I'm not sure. It depends on his injury, on what he does. and I don't think Pochettino wants to take a fat Ross Barkley halfway through the season who's done nothing for six months. Um, but it depends on just how cheap the deal goes, I suppose. Um, I can't really add anything to it that I've not said previously. It's one of those where it's the reason I'd I'd like him to come is purely morbid curiosity to see with, you know, what Pochettino would and wants to do with him and what he can do with him because I think it'd be a really interesting thing to see because I think he's one of those footballers that has been grossly mismanaged his entire career and nobody has ever been able to put their finger on what exactly he should be doing it and how exactly he should be doing it and that feeds into his indecisiveness on the field and that's half his problem because you know if there's there's three options for him one's good one's okay and one's terrible 90% of the time he'll be going for the terrible one and that's something that can be trained out of him um, and if there's a, a manager capable of doing it, we've we've got one of them. Um, so you know we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it again in in January, I suppose. And now from one mediocre Evertonian to another, we welcome Borley from the NSNO podcast. Borley, how you doing? Yes, mate? he's back. Where the fuck's side tonight? But he's um he's got uh, duties because he's an expectant father. Is he at an antenatal class? Yeah, he's coming for that baby massage thing. I think he's just got his bit. Well, he's growing his belly. He's bit uh, like I think he's just trying to deflect it. Has he? Is he? Is he actually? Is he? Is he ballooned? So he's, he's... Oh, no, no, he hasn't. I'm just joking. Just being me. I'm just being a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> How you been, mate? Oh, that will be absolutely fantastic, mate. I've, uh, I've just been saying to Raj then, uh, started my own business with a friend of mine and uh, we're getting things off the ground. We went live eight months ago. Um, not, got, not got any payment yet because it's all government funded stuff, but hey-ho, it's the way it is, isn't it? Any uh, any use plugging it on here? Because you're more than welcome to if you think it... If it no, if... mate, it's all, it's, uh, I will be plugging it when we go national. It's all Mersey Shards at the moment, but... Uh, just basing it around our local area because uh, it's for access for disabled people. So go with what we know first and then if it works properly as we think it will, then we go national. Top man, top man. Um, should we talk about football a bit? Do you want to do that? I we don't have to talk about that fucking Chelsea match, yeah? <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Um... Are you happy with all the... So you've signed everyone this summer? <coughs> oh, yeah. Mate, go ahead. Sorry, Raj. No, no, I was just laughing at you signing everyone this summer. It has, though. I mean, we... we uh, like, I'm I'm a slightly older Evertonian than um, what you are, uh, Spurs supporters. <laughs> but, 
I I don't remember a summer transfer window like that. But I don't remember summer transfer windows as a rule because I'd say not to because they fucking depressed me. But um, <laughs> what I mean, Sigurdsson, Keane, John Pickford, David Classen, uh, that uh, what's the new lads, Nicola, uh, Blazic, uh, Henry, Sandro, Rooney. Cuco Martinez. How much did you spend? How much did you actually spend after Lukaku money? Uh, I think we're, it was. Uh, uh, do you know what, mate? Let me just check because we had expenses. So all in all, forty-five million quid after everything. Hundred and forty-two million if you don't count the income. Nice chunk of change that. Yeah, yeah. Who's your yeah. who are you most excited about coming in? Is it Sigurdsson given the price tag or is uh of the emotions Jordan. taken over and uh Rooney? No, Jordan Pickford's the most exciting for me, mate. Yeah. He really is. I I've, I went to I've been a couple of games in um the the couple of games that I've been at Goodison and his insanity is something to behold. Um he never stops shouting. He's like a whole different keeper to what we We've been used to since, like, well, since Nigel Martin, really. After Neville you've, South. you've had shite keepers for quite a while, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, after Neville Southall, we have we, everything before. We, we compared everything to fucking Southall, which I'm, I'm trying to stop Evertonians doing that now, if you get what I mean. Because, I mean, it was 30 fucking years ago. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like, well, I, th- I think Southall played two seasons in the Prem. So, something like that, I can't actually fucking remember, but it's not that far off that. So, comparing keepers to him, yes, he was the greatest in the world, but that's then that we're talking now. Jordan Pickford's not like Neville Southall, he's like Jordan Pickford. He's my most exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing this Henny on Yakuru as well when he comes in because he seems to be doing quite well at, is it, um, oh, is it Anzalecti? I can't remember. But uh, yeah, but Rooney, you know, emotions did run wild for a little bit. Uh, but I've already shot, uh, already shared on our podcast because we've come back, we've come back to do a podcast uh, with a new group. There's five of us on ours now. Seems professional and everything. Because you said you don't swear on it anymore or something, didn't you? Yeah, no, no more swearing as well. New fan, fucking made up to come on this, and we can swear. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of your system, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, no more swearing because uh, Sai wants to try and I think Sai uh, wants to try and uh, up the demographic, shall we say? Sounds a bit Tory, that mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I'm happy with the signings. To be fair, um, I was I'm a little, I was a little bit concerned by Cuco Martinez, but he's done. Is that my taxi? <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to sell where the ice cream's going that fast, is he? Yeah. Um, it's just that I, I'm, I, I forgot what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, Cujo Martina. Um, he's, been, he's been playing all right. He's been doing well, but yeah. Kuman takes him everywhere with him, though, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is that type of player. Um, is is the uh, invasion. <laughs> right. Just be, and, well, there was... Problem in the kitchen with the connection, so stop moaning. Is it raining? It's raining in Liverpool, weather report. It's... 
But uh, yeah, um, so what was I saying then? Who's your, who have you signed? Oh, you've got that Lorente, didn't you? Yeah, he's yeah. the most handsome man I think I've ever seen. Well, uh, besides Olivier Giroud. <laughs> no, he's he's <laughs> far better looking than Giroud. Off he just he looks just fucking like him. No, he doesn't. Giroud's got silly he hair. Does. Giroud's got silly hair and stuff. Laurenti's got lush hair. He's a bigger man. He looks his you. He looks like the type of man that would like just make you warm in his arms. I'm I'm very taken by him. <laughs> I'm gonna get a picture of him now. Just so I just need to see if he's. He looks like a liberator. He actually looks like a more well-fed version of Olivier Giroud. Same goatee, same little... Actually, Giroud's got more... He's more black, isn't he? Well, black hair. Yeah. You, you know when they open up the suitcase in Pulp Fiction and the, yeah. you know, the golden light comes out? I saw it's like when Lorente unzips his flies. <laughs> oh, I don't need that image here. No. <laughs> Have you seen his eyes, though? Have you seen it? He's got, like, these piercing blue eyes when he looks like straight forward down the camera genuinely mm. it makes me belly fizz I really uh, he could be crap but I'll still forgive him for everything because you want to lick his face uh, yeah at the very minimum <laughs> yeah at the minimum at the very minimum you want to lick his face he's, he's... saying that most Evertonians were like that when we were linked with Giroud you should have seen it they were clambering over themselves so like um, jizz on the back of each other I think Urente, we've done that. Let's have a look. Rooney, you... Yeah. I can imagine for sentimental reasons, you're pretty happy. But also, there's still a player there, right? Well, oh, obviously, mate. the drink driving and that aside, which is, I reckon, he won't be playing this weekend, will he? Oh, we'll be playing this weekend. That's you think driving. he will? Yeah, that drink driving thing was set up to fuck, man. Proper set up to... Right, just answer me this. When I... All I need is just... Right, would you get a taxi to go to a car to drive the car, or would you just get a taxi on? I, I don't know what's what's actually happened because I've passed the sort of headlines, which are just Wayne Rooney caught drink driving with a woman in his car. Yeah, which was sensationalised because, but yeah, to be honest, yeah, he was drink driving. He's he's a prick. He should be fucking banned for life because I can't stand it. It's that that could cause the death of a family. I hate drink driving. With a fucking passion, uh, it, it anyone who does it should be banned for life and shouldn't be playing. If it was a truck driver, if it was any other one in any other job, they'd be sacked and fucked off. And I hate it because I've seen it decimate families. So no, shouldn't happen. Don't care if you one unit over the limit or thirty-seven. It doesn't fucking matter. With that, he's as I said to say when I when the news broke because I got I got the news first and sent it round. Um. It's not as if he can't afford a fucking taxi. And then when he heard about a taxi... So, he went to a nightclub, yeah? He's out having a bevy with his mates because he doesn't play for England no more, so he can go and have a drink during the international break. He has his bevy. This girl sidles up to him. Have you seen the girl, by the way? No. Oh, mate, I've seen more meat in a vegetarian's fridge. <laughs> right? Sidles up to him. Gets How old is she? Oh, I don't fucking know. She's on sugardaddy.com. That, that's all you need to know about it. That's the, the mentality of it. She's on sugardaddy.com and in the profile is just looking for a sugar daddy to look after me. Did she get fellas sending this 
like six thousand pounds because he sends a picture of it. Sugar Daddy. Yeah. Look at Yachtsheckandshugardaddy.com. Add that to my book. <laughs> Not for, uh, you know, maybe I Yeah, for, for, <laughs> um, for research purposes only. <laughs> but anyway, she sidles up to him. He tries to be a nice guy from what I've heard. Uh, says, I'll take you down. I'll, I'll get a taxi to your car. Took her down in a taxi to the car. She says, you're all right to drive. He's all. And then 200 yards down the road gets fucking nicked. What does that say to you? <laughs> Are you still there? Yeah, he shouldn't have done I'm it. Out. I mean, he shouldn't have done it, but it's uh, it's oh. one of those weird uh, weird stories where you don't know you you don't ever get a full picture, do you? Especially when it comes out in red tops. Mate, I've, I've, I say it all the time: three sides to every story, your side, their side, and the truth. It's all the fucking. It, and it, it, it's alleged. It's still alleged that he hasn't gone to court yet, has he? So it's all shit. But yeah, anyway, besides the drink driving and the granny shagging and all that, uh, <laughs> my 14-year-old daughter's looking at me for saying granny shagging. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... Um, Are you giving side tips on being a father? No, I'd never tip. I'd never give anyone tips on how to be a father. Because my, 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 my parenting skills, right... Yeah, they are amazing. I am the, I am a good parent. My kids will tell you I'm a good parent. But I see things in um, black and white, if you like. If I can teach my kids all the follies of life before they actually go out in the big wide world where everyone's a prick, then they can handle it a bit better, can't they? I suppose so. That's how I see things. That's how I see things. But anyway, yeah, um I was made up to see him back after he played, and I could see he was actually still a player um, and scoring. Yeah, I mean, fucking hell. You couldn't have wrote that script, could you? Uh, and it's a lovely header, is um, that winner on the first weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Raz? You're the first to say outside of Evertonians and how good that header was. People don't realise what it you know, how good, technically good to that header Yeah, was. well, he started the move off and followed it up himself. I mean, he must have got to get there, but to get yeah. it, put it back to where it's come from and just the cushion and the pace on it and everything were was top class. There's not many who can can do that in the game still. I mean, I don't think he's the player he was at his peak anymore, but if you if there's any doubt over his class in, in moments, then, you know, that should have proved that wrong in, in some way. Yeah. He's controlling games as well, mate. You know, when he sees it getting caught out, all besides the Chelsea game, but he'd seen his ass. I think he was just he was too angry for the Chelsea game. Um, the other games, he's, he's stepping back, controlling the ball. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Sandro when he realises that he doesn't have to run every fucking time. I'm looking forward to Sandro uh, linking up with Rooney. And Rooney's... Um, Little relationships with my favourite player at Everton at the minute has been amazing with uh, Garner Gay. Yeah. Uh, his link up play with Garner Gay has been nothing short of brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and Gay's improving from it as well because he knows he can go forward a bit now, but he's having shots. He's got, he hasn't got a fucking shot in, I'm like. Yeah. But he, he's having shots. He'll win the ball back for you all day long, though. I think that's his oh, that's main, main job. I love him, you know. Yeah, he was one of those that it was a, a good pick up under the radar, 
um, because men, yeah. I, I think we told you last time you came on last, probably this time last year, because we played your first game, didn't we? That you know he, he yeah, was yeah. better than what people had given credit for because he'd come from an absolute shit show at Villa. Um, yeah. But was uh, one thing I'm interested in is given sort of the the animosity there was between Rooney and the Everton fans after we left, and you know him kissing his United badge and all that sort yeah, of. Yeah dog shit that's gone on in the past what was the reaction like in the summer was it did you realize that you know it's been 16 years water under bridge he's still one of us and you know that documentary that he he couldn't have spoke about the place in the club with any more glowing terms yeah. you know it's become a bit of a joke his pajama story is a bit of a joke was, yeah but that that pajama story was a joke just like yeah i've been wearing never pajamas for 13 years but he said it in jest yeah and then it was all over the fucking place <laughs> like well, how can you not see it's a joke? That's something I'd say that. <laughs> no, it's, it's fucking it's just a little comment. And it was like, yeah, yeah. And he's taught her that and taught her, I'm going to throw that into the interview to see what it gets. You know what I mean? Because yeah. as you do, if you've got something to say and you think about it beforehand, which isn't fucking often for me, <laughs> but <laughs> you do it, don't you? You try and like, wedge it in. Or if someone says you've got a safer tumsh, you try and wedge it in. But, um, no, all the animosity are gone because we've known he's we, we've known he's coming back for the past like fucking three years. It's always been on the cards. But what was he going to come back as a player or was he going to come back as a coach? And that's what we were looking at because we've known it was going to happen. So all the uh, animosity had sort of been moved away, you know, got under the bridge. So there's been none of it in ground or anything. Nobody on forum or or what have you's been saying that he's. Yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple, but you'd get them everywhere. But uh, the the ones that if you let them go, they they get bans or blocked or whatever. You, if it's on the forum, because they are completely not a fucking knobheads. Um, think, like obviously it doesn't run as deep, but if you consider that like we forgave, well a lot of Spurs fans forgave Berbatov when he came back and played in Ledley King's testimonial. Like yeah. I think you know a lot of people are willing to. Forgive and forget. And I mean, it works both ways in terms of like it not being as deep a connection with Berbatov and Spurs and Rooney and thing. Like a lot of people were quite pissed off with him how he left for United, mm. but you know, then it's well, we didn't bring him up for the academy or anything like that. But then on the flip side, you've got that as a positive for Rooney, don't you? That when you are forgiving him, you think, well, he's homegrown though, isn't he? So let's let yeah. him off. He's a winner. And do you reckon, do you buy into that at all? Or do you think that even if he you know, whatever, if his, if his impact on the pitch, say, is as maybe sparse as it has been for the past couple of years at United, although it seems, you know, he's made a decent start to his career, well, second career with you guys now, mm-hmm. that his sort of expertise is having been there, his having won, you know, pretty much everything you can, at least at a club level. Yep. is something that's going to be important for the rest of him. Because some people find that, some people don't. I mean, it's one of the big reasons why I'm happy we signed Lorente, that maybe we've got that kind of one winner in the squad now that can help yep. us get... I mean, you can say that, like, all the wire out people like that have won things, but, I mean, like, Lorente really, you know, the man's a World Cup winner. He's won UEFA Cup. He's won however many Serie A's, I think. Has he won yeah. La Liga, Raj? Do you ever win La Liga? Well, I don't think so. I think he'd left by uh, by the time because he was in Real Madrid Youth Academy and whatnot, and he'd been at um, big clubs before. But because he spent so long at Bilbao, um, I don't think he was ever quite to the top end of the league. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In a few seasons under, um, under what's his name now? Uh, Bill Bielsa, where they'll have done well for the first part and then the Arsenal have fallen out of him. So he's played in good squads and, you know, Juventus and what have you, probably where he was most successful. But he's been a fantastic player for a number of years. Do you, so do you buy any of that, the winner stuff? Yeah, or is it... I, I fully buy into that. And this is why I'm glad that the youth are getting a chance. The lads who won the World Cup, you know, the young, the, the, the under, 20, under 23s, 23s who won the World Cup, with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Adamola Luckman, John Joe Kenny. Um, oh, I've forgotten the other lads' names. But them lads who won the World Cup, there was six, five or six Everton players in that squad. That's a winning mentality. You can't buy that. Well, you can't. But you, <laughs> can, you, you can't teach it, can you? You can't teach that winning mentality. Wayne Rooney is a winner. All he wants to do is win. He's used to winning trophies. He knows how to control games. The Everton's game management over the past two games. I even put it on Twitter. I was like, hang on, am I watching Everton managing a game here? But I'm not fucking used to it. Yeah, they're, they're smarter now than they were before. Yeah, it's a different thing. It's a, and he's, he's chattering all the time and we haven't had someone who goes up to the referee. You know, he's always fucking moaning, isn't he? Yeah, you, you, everyone needs a moaning bastard in the team. It's normally fucking some arsehole like Joey Barton or some fucking. That's another tit as well. That Joey Barton. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> get off him. Where are, where have all these young players come from then? Because the youth academy at the minute for Everton's tossing up a few good players. I mean, Calvert Lewin's one of them. We England squad, but Tom yeah. Davies is one that I think has has caught the eye of a few. Because I think the only yeah. one before that, before this current group, is Barkley, and you know that's not the greatest situation at minute for you because he's Tottenham Hotspur, Ross Barkley. Yeah, in a few months probably. Uh, when we offer to two pound fifty for him, you just can have him. Yeah, is that I, is I that where the uh, is that where he's at now? It's it's not about that. I'd love him to stay at Everton, mm. but um, I don't think there's a player there. And I've said that I've said these words for years. Ross Barkley's never going to make it as a Premier uh, player. He's got he's he's got all the attributes, but he can't just put them together. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. He's got all the attributes there. He's a great player. He can change things around. But his speed of thinking's not there. He can't control games. He doesn't know where to stem it. He doesn't know how to control the game. Ross Barkley is... Tom Davis is the player Ross Barkley should be. Mm. And Tom Davis is five years younger. Are you, are you worried about him? Though? Given like all the signings you have made, are you worried about that maybe getting in the way of Tom Davis' progression though, because it looked like he was, you know, 
Under, no. under a good thing last season. Yeah, no, I'm not worried about it in any way because what'll happen is we'll have obviously with the Europa League, FA Cup, League Cup, and the league itself, we're gonna have to have um rotation, full rotation. Everton haven't been able to have rotated squads. We've just went with what we've got. As as per David Moyes fucking whatever amount of years ago, dickhead. Um <laughs> someone, someone was talking to me the other day and asked whether I have Martinez back because Cumin's miserable. <laughs> I think you boys know the answer to that, don't you? And you just uh, you love him, mate. Yeah, and his brown shoes. Look, and Bobby Brown, bro. Snobhead. Anyway, he's doing all right um, with the uh, the Belgian team. Yeah, but he's got. The, he was the, they were the first team to qualify, weren't they? Yeah. He's not helping all the Evan players at the moment because every time a Belgian national goes on fucking goes on. International duty. Do you want to fucking leave Kevin Morales now? You know he's mm. like I want to. Uh, I was. I was. I was unhappy to stay at Everton. Uh, uh, I wasn't happy that I couldn't leave. Just fuck off then. Who it was? Who was in for him? Johnny. Who was in for him? It was. In in for him was anyone? It was, not was, with him was for him. in for West Ham, wasn't it? Oh, West Ham. Fucking hell! Imagine Kevin Morales at West Ham. <laughs> Seems like a good fit nowadays. It's sort of where he's at now, isn't it, Morales? Like he's sort yeah. of stagnated and. But this is this is again. This is Martin. Is this is the fallout of Martin as being fucking all lovey dovey and selling everyone the phenomenal. Know what I mean? Because they weren't. They, oh yet yeah, some of them do need an arm around the shoulder, like Ross needs an arm around the shoulder. But he got too many cuddles off off Martinez. You know what I mean? Martinez was wrapping him up in fucking cotton wool and giving him little hugs and stroking his face at night before he went to sleep, you know what I mean? It's that that's not what was needed. Yes, an arm around the shoulder, which is good management. But look, you've got to fucking this is where your goal is. There's what you've got to achieve. This is what I want you to do. Yeah, I'll give you all the love that you want, but you need to fucking produce. And if you want you weren't producing. Now Cumin's come in who's very, very um pragmatic, I'm gonna say. With uh, with the team, and he's like, "Yeah, this is it down the line. This is what I want. If you're not prepared to do it, fuck off. See you later." And that's it. I think that's why Lukaku went so quick. To be honest, yeah, you sad to see him go. If Lukaku, I've missed his goals. I don't want miss his attitude. Right. Yeah, I'll miss his goals, but that's about it. I won't miss his attitude because his attitude stunk. Because, I mean, a lot, of, a lot is made of the fact that, you know, he's a bit of a flat-track bully, didn't really score in big games. Are you surprised <laughs> that United went for him on, on that sort of basis? Or do you think they just measured it as in he's going to score a lot of goals? He will score a lot of goals for him. He's already scored, what, three? Has he scored three this season? Four now, is it? Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. He will score goals. He's, proven, he's a proven Premier League goal scorer. He scored goals for West Brom when West Brom was shit. He scored goals for us. And we were the greatest, do you know what I mean? And if you can get 25 goals for Everton in the fucking league, and we weren't actually surprising them with what we should have been providing them with, it's your United, how many is he going to get? He's just a shit Harry Kane, though, really. <laughs> 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 to be fair, Harry Kane's grown on me. It's only because Deli Ali has got the most punchable face in football. Oh, mate, you'd love him if he was yours, though. That's the thing. Yeah, absolutely, but I'd still want to fucking punch him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not think 
Would you, if you were given the choice between Kane and Lukaku, money no option, which one are you having? Oh, uh, I don't know. What's Harry Kane's attitude like? It's an absolute <laughs> no, dream. The, the, genuinely, I, the I, lad couldn't I, be any nicer. Um, I and probably call with Harry Kane mm. for the sole reason is he seems um, more. He seems like he's got more. Was I? I don't know, because I've seen Lukaku for a couple of years now, you know what I mean? Three yeah. years. We know, I know exactly what I'm getting from Lukaku. From Less Gals than Harry Kane. Yeah, but I've only seen bits and starts of Harry Kane, so... But yeah, yeah, you're all right. I don't know, we've got less goals than Harry Kane in the last, last few years, but... Um, I don't know. It's hard to answer that, boys, because I haven't seen Harry Kane play as much as I've seen Lukaku. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, the the right choices came, but we'll let you off. <laughs> what's your what's your gut feeling now? You're going to do this here, then, boys? Oh, I've I've, I've been saying since the start. I'm, I'm not expecting us to get um, like there's some Evertonians on our forum and um, the Twitterati, fucking Everton Twitter. Jesus Christ! Thank yourselves, lucky you don't have to follow fucking Everton Twitter, boys. Jesus. Did have to do a, a good job to be any worse than the Spurs ones. Yeah, I was gonna say, mate, that as in. Uh... Yeah, I can well imagine. Fucking, yeah, we all have our dickheads, but when you've got the extra special dickheads, you definitely fucking need Berry and somewhere Joseph Fritzel visiting them every any time soon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Getting out Joseph or Fred and Rose West to visit them. Crazy <laughs> Yeah, just give them special cuddles and. Help them to get warm in a box. Um, but <laughs> just, we've got some that are saying, oh, we should be finishing fourth for all the signings that haven't made. We won't finish fourth. I'll be happy with top 10. I will be happy with 10. I reckon we'll finish seventh, sixth or seventh again. Um, and possibly the Europa Cup if we actually play as good as we have been at home in the league. Yeah. But we're winning games nasty. I think it's important. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think it's important for Everton at where you are at the minute because it's only recently that you've you've come into money and you've started buying plays. It's obviously not going to happen overnight. We know this as Spurs fans who have watched our club get to the point it is now over a decade of like slowly building rather than it happening, you know, one season suddenly we're turned into a good side. It's it has been year yeah. on year. There's no shame in being in the Europa League for two, three seasons back to back because it's one of them learning curves you've got to have before you get into a bigger competition because you need to, as you say, learn how to manage a squad and grow the squad to the point it needs to be where players know that you know, first team chances at Everton are only going to be given to those who work for them. And there's there's yeah. going to be two or three more players capable of taking that jumper off them if they're not working their hardest. And getting that more than talent or sort of financial standing, it's changing the mentality of a club that's the hardest thing because there's always yeah. a perception of it. People are always going to want to go to uh, Man United or even uh, Liverpool, as sad as it sounds, because people there's a there's a way that those clubs are represented in the media and thought of mm-hmm. that you know teams like Everton and Spurs and to an extent it's happening to Arsenal and and even yeah, yeah. Chelsea a little bit now and City are only just getting there where there's a prestige to 
being associated with that club that that takes its time to come. And it's only just happening with Spurs now. And it'll take Evan another couple of years for, for big players to want to go there and know that they're not just going there with everything being handed to them. They've got to graft while at the same time belonging to that yeah. club. Yeah, well, this is the reason Sigurdsson ended up signing for us because you can see, uh, from what I've heard, he was there was a massive conversation, um, obviously, on WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the WhatsApp group for uh, the Dave Harrison and all the other people that signed players across the country. Um, <laughs> the, the conversation with Sigurdsson was, look, right, this is where we are. This is where we can be. In the next couple of years, we're going to be here looking at top four, looking at hey, top four. I want Everton to be winning the league, as you want Spurs to be winning the league every year. Yeah, it, That's what you should be aiming for. But as you've just said, Rad, it's a, it's a progression. It's not a big step up. Like everyone was going on, oh, but Leicester done it. Yeah, Leicester done it. So did Blackbird in 1995, and they were fucking shite. Yeah. It, it's, it's a progression. Once that progression is there, and you're fighting, and you're up there doing what man you and Arsenal done over the past 20 years yeah. and what Liverpool have started to do. You know, over the past 20 years, they've built and built and built and built and now they are where they are. The thing is, the, the, the Leicester thing's silly as well, though, isn't it? Because if you're comparing yourself to Leicester, all you're saying is, oh, maybe we can fluke one title. But clubs yeah. like Tottenham and Everton should be wanting to be there every year. Maybe not winning it every year, no. but at least being in conversation. But did you... You want to be at that point, as a football supporter of your team, you want to be at that point where you go, you know what, yeah, we got another chance again this year. Oh, yeah, well, we've just signed Billy Big Bollocks from over there. That's fucking sound. So we, he's going to replace such and such when he fucks off to Barcelona or Mayo Madrid <laughs> and not one of your competitors. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's the players that don't go to your competitors because they want to stay with you because you're going to be better than them. Because we are Everton... But, See, I, I see Spurs this season are going to do better than Everton, and I know they are. And I've said, I've said it on our podcast the other week, watch out for Spurs, because they're going to be the team to look at this season. Do you get what I mean? I'm not saying that to blow smoke up your eyes. You can go back and listen to... Uh, I'll get our podcast and put it as a link up to... Yeah, yeah. I can't fucking remember which one it was. But I said it on there, because... You're at that point now where your progression has got over that amount of years. What has it been the last five, six years? Mm. These have been buying clever, not buying fucking stupid, being buying clever and progressing it. And then Positino's doing his work under under the radar. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. He's not coming out. He's not coming out like Jürgen fucking bandy arms. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mate, like, you watch Jürgen Klopp when the cameras aren't on him. Just fuck all. He's a big idle scarecrow. That's all he is. And you know when he goes to Oh mate, but yeah, that's because he smokes fucking thirty years, eh, that lad. That's nothing to do with anything else. But as soon as he knows the cameras are on, he's beating his chest or nothing down like a fucking pleb. Do you know it's just like, come on, lad, you know what you're playing at? Oh well with Liverpool, yay. <laughs> How long have but you been anyway, working on that clap impression? <laughs> mate. You know me, you should know me right now. I don't do any impressions because I can't do a fucking accent. I can do scouse and that's it. What do you um what do you make a game this weekend then? Uh is it is it at Goodison? Yeah. 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 What but do you what do you um what do you make of it? Are you hoping that this is 
apart from that Chelsea game, we've both played Chelsea and both lost to them. Um, yeah. In both in frustrating fashion. Is this sort yeah. of are you looking at this as a yardstick to see how far this one can go, or is it come uh, a bit too well, soon? No. I think the, the I can't see anything. And now I want to say something I've never ever said on this podcast. I think Everton are going to get beat on Saturday. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because I, I really don't know which way this one's going to go. Yeah, I think maybe maybe that's why I feel like that. Uh, I can't. I can't see us scoring more than you. You get what I mean? I think we've definitely got going for us the fact we are settled or a bit for, like you you two were just talking about then the progression of projects and all that yeah. guff like we're uh, we're further along than you at the moment um, yeah. so we've got that settled but just depends it depends how much of the like you know the sort of results we've had to this point in the season are hanging over us or not and how much of that's Wembley. How yeah. much of that's just, you know, a natural consequence of Burnley actually starting off the season all right and Chelsea being Chelsea. You know, because yeah, this, yeah. this, this is the other thing. This is the other thing that people lose perspective on, right, with with things like Spurs' form at the moment, to turn it on to Spurs, is that it, it, it all becomes about Tottenham and what Tottenham has done wrong, if you like. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not about... Look, I mean, I know Burnley, I think they lost at home to West Brom, actually, but they still beat... Still beat Chelsea away, um, mm-hmm. and they, to be honest, they played really well against us. You know, they did play really well. So yeah. I don't really know how badly Spurs are playing at the moment, but you know, the the problem with it is, cause I I can't I can't see Everton. I can see you scoring, but I can see you scoring too. Like. If we score one, user score two. If we score two, user score three. That's what I can see at the minute. Jordan Pickford's the only saving grace. What's what's Kane like? How's he how's he been formed? Because we were like heavily linked to him before you went in and got him as well. Do you know what? Pre season he looked at very quite jittery. Um I wasn't too sure. I wasn't sold on him because I hadn't really seen him play while he was at Burnley. Um Watched him pre-season and I said to the lads, oh, fucking looks a bit fucking jittery, doesn't he? And looks like he doesn't want the ball. As soon as the season starts, composed, lovely, laying a ball off five yards. Don't think he's missed a header yet. Know what I mean? I was yeah. gutted for Mason Allgate when he was playing right back and he fucking dropped that ball onto Sterling's fucking Sterling. Fucking duck ass tit. Right? Mason Olgate wasn't. He's not a right back. He's a centre half. So in his head, his positional sense, that header would have been out to the left hand side of the area towards the fucking touchline. But because he's playing out of position, it lands there. But I wish it was Michael Keane with that header because it would have went elsewhere. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Keane hasn't lost a header that I can. Someone can correct me. That's fine. I have no issue. But the games I've seen at Goodison, uh, up to yet, he hasn't lost a fucking header. And he scored one at Goodison as well, which is against a... Who was that against? Was that Hadjuk split? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, it may have been. What was the game I was dancing with me um, right on this top one? Is that, is that the one where it all kicked off? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, had your split. Oh, yeah, it wasn't, it didn't all kick off. Mate, they got stopped by a line of 70-year-old stewards and some fucking in-place G4S security kids. <laughs> there was no, there wasn't, mate, I'd have been good, if I was a hooligan or an ultra, I'd have been fucking gutted if I got stopped by them. <laughs> oh, mate, they, they take the 70 year old steward and didn't put him on his ass. He looked at them like he was like, yeah, hang on a minute, lad. What can I, my wife hits me harder than that. What have, um, what would be your score prediction for the weekend then? Is it, is it, you're going to back Spurs to nick it by a goal? Yeah, I, yeah, it's going to be either 2-1 Spurs or 3-2 Spurs or something like that. Harry Kane's guaranteed to score, don't you reckon, Ryan? Yeah, now yeah, that now he that he said that now that he's uh, said that he'd pick Lukaku over him. <laughs> but he is Harry Kane's guaranteed to score, and it's going to be a decent goal. Deli Ali will probably score <laughs> if he's playing. The little fucking punchy face fuck. I hope it's. 2-1 with Kane and Ali in the goals just so that I, <laughs> I know you're guaranteed to be angry when you go. And an own, and an own goal from Pickford. <laughs> yeah. Don't. I'll come and fucking find you. <laughs> <laughs> no danger. No, because uh, I'm not well. No. <laughs> Pickford I'm chucks one in his own net off the back of a crap Deli Ali shot. That'd be, uh, oh. that'd be perfect. You know what? He's a fucking quality keeper, you know. There's a reason he cost all the money he did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I went to. Um, I was sort of. Sorry, sorry, Jack. Sorry. No, I was just being a bell end. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I was very um, honoured and fortunate to be invited up to Bradley Ali's funeral. Um, and I went to represent Everton fans for him and the club. Um, it was a heavy, heavy day. Uh, both devastating and amazing at the same time, if you get what I mean. Uh, and all the Sunderland fans that were there because they seen us in that Everton tops and that and we was chatting away to them obviously footy was paramount conversation type of thing because they were trying to deflect away from um, the funeral type yeah. of conversation if you like yeah. um, all he kept saying was you've got that Jordan Pickford the, honest to God you just don't you, you just don't even know what your, how good he is what you're getting they, they couldn't actually convey um, how good he was, and we've seen it. Uh, he's, as I said earlier, his insanity, uh, his madness is just amazing. He was screaming the fuck at Rooney, like first game. I was like, oh, brilliant. He's obviously respected um, within the dressing room for the way the players are reacting to him. You know, for a kid so young, what is he, 22, 23? Um, we, they, we get to, they get to corner. Who, who was it? Um, well, uh, was it Stoke? I think it was Stoke. Possibly. And uh, he gets a corner, and Rooney was standing on the edge of the box, and you hear Pickford just going, because I was in the front door of the park end, so in the disabled area where we made film, um, and he's like, you just hear him go, what? What? Like proper fucking roaring at him. And Rooney turns around, he goes, fucking front post! And shouts at him, and I was just like, well then, lad, that'll do me. Fucking happy with that. But it shows his confidence. Even the penalty saved the other day, he, uh, he knew he was going to save it. You yeah. know what I mean? 
he just knew he was going to save it. And I've never been so confident watching the keeper since Neville Southall. Perfect. I said I should pay, but that's what you want. <laughs> I, I like how this polish started with you saying that Evertonians need to stop comparing Pickford to yeah, yeah. Southall, and now you just bookended it with he's like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. I didn't compare him. I didn't compare him. I didn't actually compare him. I just said I haven't seen that I haven't been that confident in a keeper since then. Oh, fair enough. It wasn't a comparison. So go and fuck right off. I think that's a good place to leave it with with Barley tying himself in circles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Cheers for that, boys. Always a pleasure, Barley. Yeah, it was you know what? I love speaking to you as you know that. Fucking good, lads. <laughs> oh, thank you, Borley. Thank you very much. Um, he's a good lad, isn't he? Really nice man. Really nice. He's a, he, he's a very nice man. Um, I'm interested more about size antenatal classes. Somebody, I can't remember it was, somebody tweeted this the other day of a good idea, actually, that maybe every now and again we should... Uh, invite guests on after the matches as well for like a retrospective look at it yeah but knowing what we're like if we lost then nobody's ever coming on and if we win they're only coming on so that we can laugh at them i don't think that's yeah mate now that we've dicked you by five can you come back on and give us the opportunity to laugh at you please yeah we can yeah, give, give not... it a go though see if any of them are up for it uh we'll see um but how do you how do you see this one going because i you know He's bullied a bit sort of downbeat about it, weirdly. It's not downbeat, I just think he's kind of been uh, reserved, shall we say, in how much he sort of bigs up Everton and where they are where they are at the moment. No, I agree with him, though, because it is a, a big season of change again for them because of the amount of numbers they've brought in. They're not really changing how they play, but they're changing who they play with and they're still finding their feet. They're capable of playing really well and they're... They're probably better at home than they are away, but we're further down the line than they are. And, you know, even if we were to put in a, a performance comparable to the one we did against Chelsea, that'd probably be enough to beat them. The Burnley game, probably not, because that was abysmal for the most part. And I'm glad we uh, we dashed over it and didn't really speak about it. Like but it's it's um, it's one of those where we... we, we sh- we should be the favourites for this type of match and we should be able to be better than Everton at this moment in time. But it just depends how how close to our game we are and how close to their game they are. Mm. I, uh, there are quite a few parallels, really, aren't there, between them signing all these players and us signing most of the players that we did. Us, um, we sell Gareth Bale with them selling Lukaku. Um I don't think it's just Lukaku money they're spending, though, because I imagine they'd have probably spent this much even had they kept him, because... Yeah. Is it Mish- well, they've well, got investment I, I from Mashiri, haven't they? I was going to say, I, I, I sort of missed the point of the story where Everton suddenly got all this fucking money. Like, yeah, when, when did this happen? I think it was uh, midway through last season or the season before, but a guy called Mashiri's come in, essentially, and bought a few shares off Kenwright, and the fact that, you know, every time that the lads came on from Everton and, and spoke about their club. It was usually the fact that Bill Kenwright didn't have two pennies to rub together, but now they have somebody who's, you know, incomparably rich and uh, is willing to spend that cash that they couldn't previously. So, um, 
it's funny. I mean, it's 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 strange and a little bit sad that you know a club like Everton who were trying to do things the right way previously are just going to become another club that spend a lot of money and that's how they seek to go forward. But that's essentially what the sports become now. We're, yeah. we're an outlier. Where we're going to be as well, to be honest, in a few years' time, I can imagine. Uh, not until we're sold. Oh yeah, yeah. not under not under Levy or anything, but yeah, mm. once, once we're sort of in that new ground. And that's always why I've always been in the better the devil you know category because you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, um, it's not too bad. I mean, we've just spent forty-two million on a prospect at centre back. Is well, this is it, isn't it? And I mean. Even Foyth was about, I think, 12, 15 mil, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. So, you know, there is, there is, I, I mean, that those sort of... Was he, was he a Foyth of how much Davidson? Yeah. But Aurier had 20-odd mil as well. We still, we still made like a five mil profit though, this window. You can't argue with how the man balances the books and, you know, there's a stadium to pay for and all that shit. Well, FedEx about- Stadium. 15, 16 million for old Burger Muncher. Mm, no, it's close to 18, wasn't it? Jesus, man. Like, I mean, there's... I, I know I was speaking sort of fairly disparagingly of him, and I, I, you know, I actually think he'll do pretty well at a team like Stoke. Um, he's West Brom. The, the, is that where he's got? I thought he went to Stoke. No, he went to West Brom. Did he? Well, it was West Brom, wasn't it? No, no, it's Stoke, mate. You sure? Let me Google it. You might be right. I thought it was... Uh... Yeah, Stoke City, mate. Oh, I'm wrong. He was in talks with uh, with West Brom. Um, but, yeah, yeah 18 million to Stoke. He'll do all right there. I think he's not a bad player. I just don't think he's good enough for us. I think that's the sort of, you know, we're punch. We talked about this at length before in the past about the sort of level we're punching at the sort of money it costs to even add squad players who are of, you know, of a level that can provide anything for the team that we are and where we aspire to be now. I just don't think one was that. I just don't think it was there. I think there was obviously some sort of issue with fitness. I think, you know, Pochettino fell out a little bit unspokenly, but I mean, you can see his fitness problems by just looking at the size of his face. Yeah. He loves pastries, doesn't he? He loves <laughs> sausage, mate. I think you're projecting. Probably. No, I don't actually really like pastry. I like flaky pastry. Flaky pastry, all right. But I don't like short crust, like pie pastry. Do you know what I mean? No, no, that much. Hmm? It's a bit, okay. a bit chalky. You're not a pasty man? No, not really. Not really. Um... Not be the southerner in you. Well, no, mate. It's south, south as south can be, really. Pasty, isn't it? Surely Cornish pasties. Uh, but there's that northern stereotype, isn't there, about pies and pastry and Greggs and all that sort of shit? I suppose so, yeah. Good, warm, wholesome food. Yeah, yeah. Good Hot pot. Chips. Best fish and chips. I'll yeah, we've got best fish and chips. You'd, you'd, fish and chips in London, I can't abide. I don't know, mate. Muck. Utter muck. Don't go near him. Um, I've been watching Atlanta. I finished it, actually. First series. Good recommendation, mate. Good you enjoy it. I, I tell you what I found 
really bizarre though about it is I felt like I'd missed an episode or two or something because the story it's actually it develops like an actual drama with a kind of you know, a sort of satirical edge to it, a bit of a like social commentary, but still it's a pretty you know down the line, well written, well paced drama, um, sort of a you know a kind of not coming of age, but mates living the dream kind of thing. Yeah. And then suddenly, I think like episode sort of five or six, it just suddenly became like this batshit surrealist, <laughs> like work of satire. That was like it was like a completely different show. I still fucking loved it. Still brilliant. Mm. But I was just like, what have I missed? It. What? What? What have I missed? But it's just Glover doing what he does, just like being like, you know what, actually. I, I, I don't know, in a way, like, there's a part of me that if I'm going to get all, like, fucking grad school about it, that there's maybe something meta in that, whereby he kind of... Because there are all these sort of, like, themes of, like, breaking established norms and, you know, especially when it comes to, like, issues pertaining to race and such in America and American society, that, you know, I can imagine perhaps in Glover's thought process there is a bit of a fuck you in there in terms of, like, you know... I'm not going to stick to this sort of norm that you think. I'm not going to develop this story and see, like, Paperboy suddenly be like this, you know, guy on the street and then suddenly become, like, you know, we're not going to follow this story from getting a record deal and doing this and doing that. It just sort of jumps all over the place. Well, you, if you were to just be given the premise of... Um you know, rapper in Atlanta makes it with his cousin. There's a certain amount of expectations that come with that and there's certain things you expect the story to explore and whatnot. And I think subverting that was half the intention because I think he called it, I think he compared it to, I think he said he wanted it to be Twin Peaks for rappers in Atlanta or something like that. <laughs> like that. Which is sort yeah, of, you can see where that comparison comes yeah, from. Yeah, but yeah, some yeah. of the... With the the sort of the more obscure and um, left field choices and and themes and the standalone episodes and things that are in there, they still they don't feel out of place. Then it's not as if they completely abandon the story. It still feels as if it's part of that same world. Um, and I think they're really cleverly done because I think they they touch on areas that needed touching on, and they do it in a in a more intelligent manner than just dealing with them head on um yeah. which i was, I was really pleased by kind of like cheesy narrative fashion they're just like fuck it like that I, but what i did find really obviously the the tv one with all the adverts and that was fucking bad i fucking loved that episode yeah absolutely insane the fake adverts yeah yeah um the Invisible Car fucking killed me I, the, the Invisible Car episode I had to watch twice yeah it's just yeah, batshit. Um, and then the, the the episode I think it's maybe two episodes after him is a part in the like the old plantation house with the, yeah, the, the really Juneteenth. Woke, yeah, the really woke kind of white guilt dude. Right, like, was just yeah. get out in half an hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, that was the one I, I struggled to 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 fit. Most I I think I maybe wasn't paying attention at the start, but what? How did they find themselves there? She it was it's one of their friends, the his girlfriend, 
is was somebody that his girlfriend knew and was invited to. So she was obviously trying to uh, look like a proper couple there to sort of um, just keep face. And I think the end of the episode is her not wanting to keep face anymore. So it's sort of more it's part of their relationship as well as sort of being a comment on sort of a bit of racial satire and whatnot. I think it's, I, I, yeah, I think it's good. I think it's, it's just, it's pointed. It's good. It's like, it's not just, it's not just something where, you know, he's trying to like get like some sort of a hot take in there or anything like that. You know, mm. that, you know if, if someone was to watch that cynically and do the whole kind of like how social justice, blah, 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 you know, mm. lefty shit, because there's as much fucking self-depreciation in there as well um, as there is kind of like pointed kind of attack yeah sort of like the American well I don't think he tries to I don't think he tries to um, sugarcoat any side of it because there's that one quite uncomfortable scene in the prison as well I mean it's hilarious but it's sort of it's uncomfortable at the same time when he's there's the guy who's on about his girlfriend um, and it's clearly... Oh, the tra- yeah, of, trans girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and sort of the attitudes of the other inmates to that and whatnot is sort of, you know, uncomfortable but funny in the way it's been delivered. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, it's Don Cablan is a genius. So, so. We, we, yeah, it's just such a, a clever piece of entertainment. And, you know, even the fact that the, the rap is good and stuff like the fact that they haven't released a full-length version of that Paperboy track still annoys me because I, I really want to hear it. Because yeah. I think it's actually um, his brother, Stephen Glover, is one of the main writers, and I think he wrote a couple of the episodes himself, um, which is really interesting. And Donald Glover, the episodes where his character is in less, I think he directed those episodes. So he's clearly sort of gone in with you know such a creative intent that he's gone you know this is the central character but i don't need him to constantly be on the screen for that to be done for that to be the case like i think one of the strongest written episodes of the entire uh series is the standalone about his partner and her going to school and losing her job yeah, and whatnot. yeah 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 Brilliant, i think i thought that was you know the way it started and everything just the fact that you know, most network comedies and, and whatnot just wouldn't have the strength in their convictions to give half an hour to flesh out what is a secondary character. But because it's on FX, because essentially they did what they did with Louis and just gave him the amount of money and goes, you go and create what you want to create and we will give you a home for it. Um, that's the That's the result of sort of creative people allowed to be creative i mean it's probably um, self- as you can tell not a lot of studio interference i'd assume as well no. just seeing how it's turned out yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where self-indulgence in art is a bad thing on occasion but sometimes you don't want to go too far and and hinder somebody either um it's one of my favorite that's uh, that's why i like sort of long form writing and things and podcasts are such a good thing for that as well because it's it's one of those the more unfiltered somebody can be in their particular medium i think it's better especially for creative people because 
sometimes parameters are needed when you make something like you don't want to watch a 10 hour film or you don't want somebody to to just make bizarre shit for the sake of making bizarre shit but at the same time i think freedom is very important as well because the more that somebody's allowed to to push themselves and and you know make something different the the better the art that we get is and i mean the reason why i am so public in disparaging against franchises and that sort of a shit and the fact that every other film that we get is a superhero film that ends the same way and gets there in the same fashion and star wars is in a similar boat to this they don't feel as if they're there to be creative they almost feel they're there because they know they're going to be profitable i mean i think star wars has just fired another director and the fact that that's happened so many times across the board in in these franchise films shows you that it's less about making something original and worthwhile and just more about making something that they know is going to placate the masses and, and is going to get as many bums on seats as possible. And I'm not sure that's the, the purest of intentions when you're making art and, and creating something. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I agree to... To an, to an extent, I mean, m- mainly you're just triggering me because you're firing shots at Star Wars, mate. Right? That's it. But uh, it's, uh, that's the thing, like, uh, uh, people were, went on about... protected property, that's that's the thing, right? Like, it's, it's hard to... But if you're going to protect it to that extent, just don't add to it then. Leave it for what it is and let people enjoy it for what it is. If you're going to bring it back, don't just bring it back to be the same thing. But let sometimes it... like, people just want that sort of safe space, though, you know? I know, I, I, I definitely get what you're getting at, but I think, like, you know, because a lot of people, like, for example, like Rogue One, people sort of, like, laid into it, being like, oh, what's it really doing? What's it doing that's outside of, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy you were doing? But it's like, Sometimes people just want to sort of see the same thing that's a bit different because it's just, yeah, it's a it's a bit of nostalgia. It is that kind of base level, similar tropes that you know, the similar sort of like whatever, be it the the weaponry or yeah. the vehicles or the this or the that, in a pretty similar situation as you've seen them previously. So it doesn't make anyone think too hard. I don't know. I just think the I problem think I have with that though... on a different level. That's what I mean by it. I get that, and I completely agree with it, but the problem I have is that they never sell it as that. They never package it as, here's another Star Wars film. It's going to be something that the fans of this franchise and everybody mm. wants to see. They always talk about, oh, you know, I, th- I think I read, uh, tired of reading how many times, uh, you know, Rogue One was sold as, oh, it's a really exciting war film in space. It was nothing of the sort. Oh, yeah, was... oh, yeah, I know what you mean. All that sort of and they try, it, like... they try and oversell it as a higher art than what it is. But if they were shameless about it, and this is one of the reasons I like sort of Fast and Furious and John Wick and stuff like that, because that's not high art that's not intelligent filmmaking you know if my favorite film of all time is die hard i'm i'm you know i'm not sat here you know licking gov gavinsky's ass or something like that and trying to pretend i'm you know more intelligent than i am but it's the way it's given to me and the way it's sort of it's spoken about by the people that create it as if they're doing something that's high and mighty but they're not they're just going oh he's a 
space fun with that guy with a funny voice that you like and some shiny lights whacking each other that looks cool uh, fair play if you sold it like that i'd probably have less of a problem with it yeah because fair. you're being more honest you, you don't hear you know nobody's talking about how fast and furious is an allegory for anything or you know trying to make it out as if it's anything other than a completely fucking stupid film with fast cars and attractive people fighting and shit like that in it it's just one of those things where I, th I think I am somewhat of a snob when it comes to being creative because it's what I do for a living and I'll happily cop to that because there are certain standards and things I, I don't think I'd ever want to drop from. Um, but I can, from the flip side of that, I can see why, you know, if people are just, people who just want to know that when they're spending the extortion amount of money for cinema tickets that they are or they're settling down to watch TV with what little free time they have, they're going to be watching something they're guaranteed to enjoy. And I realise that in the parameters of that, there isn't a lot of room for change because there aren't. There are some people who just don't want to be tested in that manner. They just want something that they can switch their brains off to and and watch and enjoy on a on a very base level you're right well there's a yeah. there's a value in that as well i think yeah yeah definitely is mate just um, don't pretend you're anything better than you are that's what i've been doing my whole life man yeah <laughs> i'm change now um <coughs> let's let's kill it there it's been been quite a long pod um so if you well we missed last week with the international break that's we? true that's true um which can fuck off anyway. Can't be asked to talk about it. Delhi Alley put up a middle finger and fucking Middle England had a wobble about it. Behave. Um, but if you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes of the Rich Podcast, you can do so on Acast or on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at RTR underscore pod and visit the website www.rtrpod.com where you can also find all the previous episodes embedded uh, with a player thing which you might be able to play on some abomination phones that can't support the other platforms that we provide it on um so yeah do that Coney Spurs three points in the bag please <laughs>
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.